Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. Thank you once again for making us a part of your day on the Pistols Firing Podcast. Kyle Porter, the last time we spoke, we were breaking down the commitment of Cade Cunningham, and you were having to hide in your laundry room from your kids so they wouldn't disturb you. Uh, did you watch the ORU game in your laundry room? And what's it like <laughs> to, uh, to, to multitask like that? I, don't, I know none of that. So the backstory of this is that the first time you don't you don't know that nobody knows this and and I didn't tell you either. Uh, the first time we taped, I had run. So my Mrs. Pistols had to be somewhere at like seven forty-five, and uh, so I'm I'm running out to the shed. We're trying to bang out like a twelve-minute podcast. And she's frustrated as she should be. She's because the world of 17 year olds is dominating like our logistical life <laughs> as a married couple with four kids. And uh, so I taped the whole thing. She's frustrated. I'm frustrated. The kids are crazy. And I come back in and we, we don't have one part of the uh, one side of the audio. And so I'm, uh, I'm just like, Oh my. And so we we tape it out of the out of my laundry or I tape it out of my laundry room and she gets home and she said, you know, I'm just I was just frustrated with kind of how it went down. And I was like, yeah, you should have been frustrated with how it went down. <laughs> and I said, if it's any solace to you, none of what we uh, said into a microphone got taped. So uh, <laughs> there was justification to be had there for you. She is she is awesome. She puts up with a lot. I will just leave it at that. She puts up with a lot. She has earned the title Mrs. Pistols, no for doubt. Sure, for sure. Uh, but we'll break down the ORU and, and Oklahoma State game and just recruitment and everything else. But uh, you want to get to mid-first? Yeah, mid-first. Uh, Oklahoma State credit card. Uh, you can sign up at midfirst.com slash pistols firing. Uh, you can sign up and earn a $150 bonus. You can earn points, bursar rewards options. Uh, they have a lot of cool stuff going on there. So midfirst.com slash pistols firing. Go there, uh, check out the midfirst credit card, and uh, let's get to the midfirst five, Carson. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State football is off this week, so I think this is going to be a pretty basketball-centric podcast. Um, let's get right to the ORU-Oklahoma State game. You know, there was so much momentum coming into this game with the commitment of, of Cade Cunningham and Bryce Thompson in the house, but let's just stick to the game here at first. Uh, turned into a nail-biter. ORU cut it to a one-point game with two minutes left, and you're sitting here wondering, is OSU going to lose to ORU and, and just kill a lot of this momentum that they have so far? But they did hit their free throws down the stretch. Uh, just What what was the biggest issues for you, I think, in the, in the second half for, to make this game close? Yeah, it felt like turnovers, right? Um, they didn't shoot it. Sure. They didn't shoot it great, but it wasn't like uh, you know an all-time – terrible game they, they turned it over 21 times somebody brought this up in the chamber uh which if people don't know is is our forum where uh we kind of converse and hang out during games um which by the way carson we're closing the comment section 
I like that move. Everything, everything's going to go into the chamber. I'm excited about it. Um, a little more accountability with your comments in the yeah. chamber than opposed to the comment section. Yeah, hopefully stamp out the trolls a little bit. But um, somebody said in the chamber, and I, I, I agreed with this. I thought it was a really good point. I can't remember who's – it might have been um, – I, I don't remember. But uh, they said it felt like Boynton was trying to get so many guys involved that the game got a little choppy. And there wasn't like a real rhythm to it. And I, and I felt that at times. I don't know that I felt it as much in the second half. But they played 11 guys at least 10 minutes, which is, is a lot, especially coming off the last couple of years where it's like you get to the seventh guy and you're like, well, does he have a scholarship or no? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought turnovers and they couldn't get into a rhythm um, just with their, with their rotations, it felt like. Uh, I love it when they run. I mean – when you've got Avery Anderson and, and uh, Isaac Likely, like, I mean, and, and you've got some other guys that can they can get up and down the floor as well. I, I think that's awesome. And, you know, I know it's not always easy to do, but I don't know. I, I guess I watched the game and I wasn't really super discouraged, even though the game was really close. They just didn't. I don't know. Like, they, I, I feel like what they did wrong is is very fixable in the near future. I would agree with that. And I think what you just pointed out with him mixing and matching lineups is is my number one thing that stood out to me. He played 11 guys, Kyle, and all but one played double-digit minutes, and the one was Laurent who played nine minutes. So he he gave double-digit minutes to virtually 11 guys, which shows you he is tinkering with his rotations. He is tinkering with his lineups. I think he just wants to see these guys play just to see what he has in in a real game setting. He obviously knows what he's getting out of his starters, but he knows nothing about his bench. So I think I think that's part of it. I, I remember when ORU had, was on like a 7-0 run, in the, kind of late in the second half, um, I was listening on the radio, uh, and Hunziker read to me the, who was in the, on, on the floor for, uh, for the Cowboys. And it was, all, it was all newcomers. With like the game like starting to hang in the balance, it was all newcomers who had not played together or played at Oklahoma State. And I was like, wow. Boynton is showing a lot of faith in all of his bench players who have not played a second for OSU. So I thought that was that was it more than anything. I think if he had rode his you know his starters only, let's see here, only one of his or two of his starters played 30 minutes. That was Lindy and and Likely, and I think they were probably the two best players for OSU. So no, I mean I, I think that was that was a big part of it being disjointed was he was tinkering. Uh, they didn't play great. They turned the ball over, but they went ahead and won the game. I, I don't think the game was ever truly in doubt. Although when it, when ORU cut it to one, it, it very, very well could have been if they didn't make their free throws. Yeah, they they did. They they never trailed, which was weird because it felt it felt like late in the second half that they that they were trailing, even though they they never did. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It, it was kind of a it was kind of a weird game. I, I thought that I thought some of the some of the uh, older guys. I, I noticed this from Lindy a little bit. They seemed a little lackadaisical, just kind of like, uh, just not that they didn't want to be there, but I didn't see the um, fire. I think that you've seen from from some of the guys in the past. Not everybody, but some of the. I don't know. I, I guess I mainly noticed it from Lindy. Maybe maybe dizzy a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, the young guys were were great. Were fun. I thought uh, Keelan Boone was awesome. I mean, we were talking about this during the game. Like he's he was supposed to be the the wrong Boone. Like the, <laughs> Caleb was supposed to be the better one. And from kind of some of the stuff I've heard out of out of uh, 
their camp, it's like, wait a second, did, did we get this wrong? Is Keelan actually going to be the better one? He had, I think, 11 points in 10 minutes, something like that. Uh, he was pretty good. And uh, I love Anderson. I think Anderson's awesome. There's a little Markeith and Marcus Morris twin stuff going on, isn't there, with <laughs> Keelan and Caleb? Like, I think they switched roles as far as who was better from college into the NBA. And I think there's a chance that could happen at OSU where – One's better than the other in college, and then the other one's better. I don't know. I get them confused so much, Kyle, because what you said, I thought Caleb was the one that was going to play more and, and do, make, make more of an impact. I didn't know Keelan could shoot the three like that. Yeah. I mean, he nailed a few threes. I was very impressed. He was certainly one that stood out. And and I, I agree with you, too. Like Avery Anderson, to me, just he looks the part. Yeah. I mean, he, he, really, he really stood out with just his speed, his athleticism. Once he kind of figures it out at this level, I think he's going to be a really good basketball player. So th- there was a lot to like, and I think that moves us to number two on our on our mid first five is your and A. Mm. Woo, woo boy. Yeah, eight blocks. Yeah, I-, I think I heard on the broadcast that was second all time in school yeah. history in a game. He Kyle has evolved from just strictly a kind of a menacing shot blocker to like the preeminent shot blocker in the country. I know and. I mean, eight blocks, and he, it was like a routine performance from him. And and I, I love this tweet from from Doug Gottlieb. I saw uh, this. He said, Yorane had eight blocks last night for Oklahoma State. He has become a decent offensive player as well. Still a ways off, but you can easily assume he will play in the NBA with reasonable progression. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at, Kyle. And for a guy who's missing a few fingers on his, I think, I believe his right hand, uh, maybe his left, I can't, I probably should have looked that up before I <laughs> said it on the air, but... For a guy who's who's missing a few fingers, it's it's remarkable how the 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 rate in which he is increasing his ability on offense combined with his defensive prowess. Yeah, I I agree, and I was uh, this time last year. I you just you get burned so many times by like bigs at OSU that at some point you're like, whatever, man, like. I'll I'll believe that somebody. You, know, you remember like uh, Michael Cobbins was basically like you know, 2001 Shaq, according to Travis Ford. <laughs> and you're like, well, he's Thomas okay. Chamberlain. He's okay. But, uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't believe in your, and I do now he's got 29 blocks in his last four games and not to spin this forward too much, but, and, and I know we're going to talk about Bryce here in a second. If you get, here's the thing, Carson, if you get Bryce for next year, all of a sudden you've got, you've got four, at least four, NBA players in in the in the rotation next year. You got Likely, who's going to be, you know, I, I think Likely and Your are similar in that they would be mid second round, late second round, free agent type guys, kind of the Markel type, right? Um, at, at least going into the NBA, and then you've got a couple lottery picks in at least one in Cade for sure, and then potentially Bryce, and you got four NBA guys on one team. That's a that's a real thing. And yeah, I mean the the develop. I I, I think the development of your is just such a huge bonus because I don't I don't know that anybody thought he was even Boynton thought he was going to be this good. Well, yeah, when he when he committed and signed and, and came to Stillwater, you kind of just you instantly label him as one of those you know seven foot projects, right? Who's going to have to learn how to play basketball and. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him, but he is—he's—he's he's awesome. I mean, he—he—he he, he won the game. I thought, obviously, OSU hit their free throws, but the blocks he had at the latter stages of that game and, and just the menace he was at the rim, I thought really intimidated ORU. And 
when it was time to make some clutch baskets. And I thought he, he really made a difference. He's missing the middle finger and index finger on his right hand. Okay. Just for just for clarification, which is kind of amazing. I guess it was a an accident with a blender when he was really young. So he's 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 remarkable. And uh, that was really encouraging. I thought he probably was probably the most encouraging thing that that we saw last night. Yeah, I think likely I think likely he's taking a leap as well. You know, I, mm-hmm. I and, and you saw you saw and this is a this is the trajectory of of a guy like him who's who's you know, his ceiling's like a like an all Big 12 guy. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be player of the year in the Big 12, but he could be an all Big 12 first teamer. And so you, so what happens is freshman year you see flashes, you're like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." At West Virginia, he had a couple of other games in there that you're like, wow, that's that's real. And then I think that the leap is not necessarily that you um, take it up. Maybe you add a little bit to your game, but it's more about consistency. It's that you're you're 18, 9, and 5 every night or 18 or like 15, 7, and 4, whatever, but doing it every single night. I think that's where he's going to be this year. I think he's problematic. And – I think he can do that against whoever they play, uh, wherever they play. Uh, that you know, whether that's Big Twelve, non-conference, whatever. I think he's going to be at that level all year, and he's also kind of the closer, right? They, they, whenever it was like a little dicey late, they went to Likely and they went to Cam McGriff, who had ten points on zero made shots, <laughs> which is crazy, but. I'm I love Likely. I mean, as as much as I, I think Avery Anderson's really good. But that, I mean, that duo, that's that's fun, Carson. I love watching those two guys. I, I think it's great. Yeah, likely really, really came on towards the end of last year. And, and I was surprised, frankly, that he went and played with Team USA over the summer. And he was teammates with Cade Cunningham, which that might have helped, th- helped matters too with, with Cade, knowing you know I can, this is a guy I can play with in Stillwater. And... I think that experience really helped him. I, I talked to Mike Boynton about it a little bit. He couldn't get into specifics about, you know, recruitment or whatever, but he chose to talk more about likely and just what that did for him playing for Team USA. It was kind of like a a light bulb moment in that, oh, I, I belong with this level of talent. And I think he's only he's only grown in confidence from there on. So that was that was that was good to see. Eighteen points out of him and, and closing the game out was was pretty awesome to see. But before we get to Bryce, what did you think of uh, Hitty, Young Dirk, Rusink? You know, we, we'd heard so much of Hitty Rusink all offseason, all leading up to this season. His dad was in the stands rocking a, a Euro jersey that was it was orange, but it was a Euro jersey. His dad's name's Roy. And uh, they were talking on the broadcast that, that Hitty and Roy hit up Eskimo Joe's. And I was like, where's my invite? I want to go hang out with Hitty and Roy at Joe's. Just what do you think of Hitty Rusink and... Uh, his old man in the stands. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, by the way, you hit the cadence of Gundy at the rant. His dad. I don't. Well, I can't remember which part of the rant that he does that in. Oh, I did. Yeah, you I said. Didn't, I didn't even mean to. Yeah, I know, but I feel like you just like fall into that cadence every once in a while, which is <laughs> which is incredible. Who comes home? Who comes home? Upset. upset. <laughs> that was my bad. Uh, I didn't mean to get us off the rails with Gundy rant. <laughs> No, it, it was cool. You know, his the funniest thing. It looks like a Saturday Night Live skit when his dad took the uh, podium and did like a presser. And you're like, wait a second, like, why is was this, that necessary? Why is this guy <laughs> in an off-brand like uh, I don't even know who's like an off-brand Syracuse jersey? 
doing a presser and so, but it but you know I I thought <laughs> and you said this that he got a little got a little speedy for Hitty out there. Um, but he did have some, like, he doesn't move around like somebody who doesn't know what to do with his body. Like he clearly like understands not only what to do, but how to do it, even though he's like really tall and looks like he might not know what, what he's supposed to do. Uh, the block he had in the first half, I think it was the first half was just unbelievable i was like what what was that i mean that was that was maybe my favorite play from the game but yeah i mean i i think he can be a uh, a real rotation guy this year and uh i'm excited about his growth his potential the block was stunning i mean it was up there with your and a level of, of a block and i did think that the entire team at times played a little out of control and I thought Hitty was kind of at the head of that at the beginning. I think when he first got out there, he was he was going about a million miles an hour because he was so fired up, and that's to be expected when you're playing a lot of young players. And I don't I don't mean to be too critical with that, but they were a little out of control. But uh, you can definitely you're right, Kyle. He does move. He 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 moves and looks like an upperclassman, even though he's a true freshman. So I think I think that was encouraging because he did he didn't know how to use his body. He wasn't you know, just running into people, clattering into them, as you might expect from a guy who's coming from Europe. Uh, you know, so I, I was impressed by him. I thought he moved around well. Once things kind of slowed down for him, I thought he settled in, and obviously that that block was pretty pretty spectacular. But I, I love Hitty and Roy. Hitty and, and Roy Roosink. I, I love that that father-son duo. That was pretty fun to see. Does it take 15 games uh, for the game to slow down for him as well for, for, on the basketball side? Uh, maybe so, you know. Gundy's been in this a long time. He he knows he has the math down, Pat. Uh, maybe basketball it's quicker because you're playing more often. You don't wait a week. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. What's, but what's he's got your, potential. Uh, what's your speaking of potential? What's your all like upside rotation? Like who are your five guys that are out there that you're like? I don't know if this goes well in game two, but in game twenty five, this might be really interesting. On this year's team or just yeah, this, all time? This year, no, no, no. This year's team, like right now. So I would go. Oh, like, okay. I would go likely. I would go. Um, I would go Keel and Boone. I would go Yor. I would go Hitty. I think. I think the upside's there, and then I, I. I'd probably go Cam McGriff. I think that. I think that five is super intriguing, and you know, I. I think there's a lot of like mix and matching you can do. If you're Boynton uh, this year, next year, I keep wanting to talk about next year. I need to, I need to just chill and enjoy this year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think you've got a lot of different interesting combinations. That I mean, he hasn't had these options before. I mean, it's been like, well, here's our six guys that are healthy, and uh, we'll just sub guys out when they look like they're about to keel over, and that's the rotation, you know. So I don't know. I might go likely Anderson. Okay. I, I kind of like that backcourt a little bit. And then uh, Keelan, Hitty, and Yor. Mm. Some some real size, athleticism. No Cam? Maybe maybe, maybe not the three-point shooting you lack with maybe a Cam or a, or a Waters. And I, I, I'm just super intrigued by Avery. I was just trying to be a little different. I think yeah. Cam probably deserves to be in there, but – but just the, I'm very intrigued by Avery Anderson. I, I think am he, too. he was probably one of the most impressive players last night. So I'd, I'd throw him in there just to be a little more speedy, a little more, uh, more a little more speedy of a backcourt. I mean, think about this, Carson. And and again, uh, we're always kind of 
pushing this thing forward with basketball. If Avery Anderson is your backup one or or like kind of rolls into the two or or whatever, I mean that is like that that's like real conference title winning depth, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's something that I mean for the past however many years, Avery Anderson's like the the number one guy at OSU just because yeah. of how how little depth they've had. But for him to be able to develop and to play 13 minutes a game instead of 34, I just I'm excited about stuff like that. Well, and, and Isaac Likely is a sophomore. I know, I know. Like that, like they're they are set up very well for the future. And again, we we will enjoy this season, but uh, they are they are loaded for bear. Just a few seniors on this team. So can we talk about Bryce? Yep, let's go to Bryce Thompson. He was obviously uh, he took an official visit. Or is it unofficial or official? Uh, it was it was unofficial. He had used that's up, what I thought. Yeah, yeah, he had used up the other ones. He went to the game and sat behind the bench. And I, I thought the student section did a remarkable job. They came up with signs. Guys had their chests painted with dominoes on them. They had a Cunningham Thompson 2020 sign. <laughs> I thought the student section went above and beyond the call of duty. And uh, Bryce Thompson, they had chanting, "We want Bryce," and he was in the house. That was encouraging to see. It was great. I would have liked to have seen about 13,611 people chanting, we want Bryce. Uh, it just... Yeah, it's, it's Wednesday night. Yeah, it's still tough. Um, they're going to be good, though, and that's going to happen. But uh, the Domino's thing was great. I, I think uh, it gets a little overplayed like on Twitter, and it, it, it just becomes a thing, and then everybody picks it up, including us. We're, we're no different. But to paint your chest with dominoes, that, that's pretty clever. That's pretty good. That was good stuff. Yeah, that's a spin on it that I didn't see coming. But, man, I, I was doing the math on if they, if they do get Bryce, and it is, it, it, it's pretty unbelievable. If it, Okay, so here, let me give you this. So I did the math on this. If they get JT Thor, who I think on 247, he's 100% OSU. If they get him, him and Kate are apparently boys. Oof. they immediately have the fifth best class in the country right now. Oof. So they'd be behind Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Then Oklahoma State's fifth right now. If if he commits on Thursday, November 7th. If they add, like, let's say they get Thor, but then they add, um, oh, I've got it here somewhere. They add Bryce. You're going to end this whole cycle if you have Bryce, Thor, Cade, and Rondell Walker, you're going to end it with like the fourth, fifth, sixth best class in the country, <laughs> which is just, I mean, all the LOLs for me. I just can't stop giggling about that. Now, are they going to get Bryce? I don't know. I, I sort of, I, I sort of don't think so. Um, but, yeah, him being there last night was pretty uh was pretty cool and and just oh, I wish they could get him. That would be just so so incredible if they grabbed him, Cade, JT Thor and Rondell Walker. It seems it seems a little far-fetched they would get all of those guys, but he he was at the game with his dad, Rod Thompson, who played at Tulsa. And this is a fact I'd kind of forgotten throughout his recruitment. You know, Rod Thompson played for Bill Self at Tulsa. So there's a there's a legit relationship, you know. As as long as Mike Boynton's been recruiting Bryce Thompson, like Rod Thompson's known Bill Self since 1997. 
So, I mean, it's there's a real relationship there. I think I think most signs point to Kansas for him. Uh, I would be I don't have the same level of optimism I had with with Cade Cunningham that I do with Bryce Thompson. But but hey, you you, you get a Cade Cunningham, you get Rondell Walker. If JT Thor tells Bryce Thompson he's coming, I mean, I, I don't know. Mm. Do you want do you want to join that party or do you want to go to go to Kansas? I don't it's a, it's a it's a legit conversation whereas in years past you just you go to Kansas. I don't yeah. I don't think you think twice about it, but now I think you do. So, I go she's done all they can, Kyle. I just I'm not too optimistic about it, but hey, crazier things have happened. They've they've really put a nice foot forward. I think Kate Cunningham committing when he did was a, a clear a clear message to Bryce Thompson and that's all you can do at this point. I kind of do too. We ta- I think we talked about that on our Cade pod, but uh, it just it didn't. I don't know. I mean, I I think that's like him sending out the the bat signal of like, hey, let's do this. We're gonna do this. <laughs> and uh, I think I think I think guys like Cade, they know they're only gonna be in college for a year, and I think there's a lot of pride in being able to kind of rally. I think Cade cares about like rallying guys, being a leader, doing that whole thing. And to be able to say, yeah, I galvanize this top three class or whatever it ends up being. I, I, I think he cares about that. And maybe not to the extent that I want to believe that he cares, but I do think it, it matters to him. And uh, man, I don't know. That would be Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning out of whenever it is. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And last on our mid-first five, uh, lingering Cade Cunningham thoughts. You wrote a nice 10 thoughts article on it where you just got all kinds of fired up <laughs> about OSU basketball and its its path moving forward. Uh, just what kind of stood out most from your from your 10 thoughts column for people who haven't read it? Yeah, I think just the stake in the ground moment for Boynton. You, you brought this up on on uh, Tuesday, and I thought, I thought it was a really good point just of like um, – this is not that it's not justification because I think Holder looked at it like whatever happens, like this is the right decision two and a half years ago, but this is like, okay, this is why this happened, you know, for all of us, like kind of it's, it's been revealed to us now. And Carson, it's like, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing that he's done, you know, on, on the court, off the court, whatever, we haven't had a, a moment with him. I mean, winning at Kansas was a huge deal, but this is a stake in the ground moment where it's it's bef- life before Cade and life after Cade. And I think that he is going to try and use that momentum to not just for 2020, but 2021, 2022. I mean, just really build this thing into something that uh, that he wants it to be. I loved what you wrote about, you know, I think people, it goes unnoticed that, once you get a Cade Cunningham, like everyone at the ringer is going to be writing Cade Cunningham pieces. Yeah. Like, like, like there will be so much of a light shined on Oklahoma State basketball that hasn't happened in, in yeah. years. Maybe since, maybe since Marcus Smart and even him, he didn't quite move the needle with highlights. Be the number one and, and pick. Right. But he was, I mean, he was considered a top five pick. Yeah. Uh, um, before he decided to come back, I think he might have gone even higher. But he just didn't quite have like the, the quite the highlight reel that you know a Trey Young has or a, or perhaps a Cade Cunningham will have. I, I love that part, and most the thing I love the most about it is Mike Boynton does not put a ceiling on the level of recruit he wants to get. Yeah. 
And, you know, I don't want to, I'm like you, I'm not going to rail on Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy is a proven winner and he has his system and that's fine. But it's refreshing to see a coach at Oklahoma State say, you know what? I'm going after the best players in the country. We are Oklahoma State. This program has a lot of history because we can compete with anybody. And it's refreshing to see him not only say it, but go out and prove it. And and he, he shouted out Boone Pickens for that. And I thought that was pretty poignant. So yeah. I think that was that was most, what stuck out to me most. Yeah, I compared it to uh, to Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Dabo and and Gundy took over. Well, Dabo took over about what four or five years after Gundy, I guess, at Clemson. But he basically said, "Look, like I mean, Clemson was where Oklahoma State was in terms of football. They were worse actually whenever he took over." And he just said, "I'm going to go get everybody. Like I'm <laughs> like I don't care. Like everybody's coming to Clemson." And he kind of bought into himself and, and that I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but like he just believed in what he was doing and he made other people believe it. And I think Mike Boynton's doing the same. Now I'm talking about a guy who's won two football, like two national titles in football and Boynton like hasn't gotten to the tournament yet. But in, <laughs> in terms of trajectory, that's sort of the attitude that Boynton's taken. And I think that uh, it's just, it's so refreshing. It's so, and it's almost like, you know when you're you know when you're too young to like like you do really like dumb things when you're young because you're like well I'm too young to know any better and like you take risks that you wouldn't take now that you're 34 or 35 or whatever like that's almost like Boynton had never been a head coach so he's like whatever I'm going after like the number one guy <laughs> in the country because <laughs> he like doesn't know any better he doesn't know that he's not supposed to get him and I just I mean that to me that's that's just it's incredible and I love watching it and love covering it. Yeah, I mean, I think much like Dabo, Mike Boynton realized he had a great product to sell. He's like, and I'm going to go sell it to yeah. the best players in the country. And you know, if I don't get them, that's fine. But I'm going to go after them. So no, I, I don't think that's as crazy of a comparison as, as you would think. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, what did you think of the uh, the Orange Basketball Unis on Thursday or uh, Wednesday night? I liked them. You know, i I've kind of I've kind of warmed up to the idea. Sitting there watching the game, I I kind of had this thought. I've kind of warmed up to the idea of wearing orange at home. I used to be so against it because when you and I were growing up, they would either wear white or black, and that was it. That was that's what they wore. And so I've kind of been a traditionalist with that, but I've kind of warmed up to the, and they would wear orange like once in a blue moon, maybe at home back then, uh, with those special jerseys. Remember Gottlieb and Desmond, they would wear orange like once a year, maybe those jerseys were sweet. Oh man, they were awesome. I wish they would just go back to those. Just go back to those. I mean, they're so good, but I do like, I do like the synergy between the football team with the numerals. I do like that. And what, what really stuck out to me was the Paisley sides I didn't hate them. I, I kind of saw them. I was like, you know what? That's a nice touch. For some reason, I, I was feeling the uniforms last night, whereas I usually criticize them. But <laughs> I, thought they, I thought they looked pretty good. I will say uh, Avery Anderson, with the he had the swoosh headband, and it was upside down. I don't know if that was like a... Was that a political statement? Was that a political statement to the NCAA? I don't know. <laughs> Did he just put it on and didn't realize? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward. But that that will not get you on my Uni Naismith watch list. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah, they were. I think. I think what you're doing right now is just basically preparing yourself for the uh, for the teal uh, 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 portion of the season when they go um, 
when they go all teal. Players love it. Bryce Thompson was rocking the teal, wasn't he? Yeah. Hey, if it, if it gets dudes, you know what? <laughs> wear wear the teal. Wear the turquoise. Yeah, wear pink for all <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I like the orange. It, it's a good look. I, I do wish I, I'm like, you. Yeah, I wish they had, and I, and I realize like you, you can't go full like Oregon here, but to have more of the, the throwback stuff, I mean, the curse of Cowboys stuff is just sick. And it, you know, um, there's so many different uniforms that you could pull from in the archives that are really good. I mean, like really cool. You could go Oklahoma A&M. There's, there's just, a, there's a ton of stuff that you could do. And uh, I'd like to see more of that in the future. Well, why why can't Curse of Cowboys just be the uniform? <laughs> I know. Like, as much as I like the, the new threads, like, and isn't it weird, like, since we're on this subject, like, Curse of Cowboys was only on the uniforms from when? Like, 90, it was right after the Final Four in 95. So, like, 96 through, like, 2001, that's it. And then they went back to the just Oklahoma and then state below the numbers. It, it was kind of a a random switch up that didn't last long, yet it is still the best look they've ever had. I don't I don't know. I, I would watch a thirty for thirty on how Curse of Cowboys came about and what happened with it. So uh there's a great follow on Twitter, Doug Shivers. Uh uh I don't know how to say this, I'll just spell it. At C A S D A S. Oh yeah. Uh, 29. Do you follow him? Yeah. He posts a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. So he, he went back and he said that they have very rarely used, uh, Cowboys across like on the front. Like it's usually OSU, Oklahoma state, whatever. And so he said the only three time periods that he thinks are 1981, 82. He, he posts a uh, picture from the media guide. I need a pair of these shorts, by the way. Um, Oh, I'm looking at this now, by the way. And then he goes, uh, who is that? Peterson, Adrian Peterson in the cursive with, with Joe Adkins in the background and probably you Mm -hmm. up there somewhere in the background. I'm, I'm second to top row with my old man. That that, (laughs) that was, that was our heyday. And then this one with the Cowboys, with the, uh, with the orange, with the Cowboys across the front. I love the Boone patch, by the way. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Caleb and Keelan get Boone on the front and the back, uh, which is, which is funny. But, uh, yeah, they, they haven't worn Cowboys a lot in their history, but uh, all of them have looked good. I wore number 20 in uh, basketball for it, for the original Adrian Peterson. The real, at the OSU. real Adrian Peterson. <laughs> uh, so I remember those days fondly. No, I, <clears throat> it, I do like the Cowboys on the front. I just – I mean, Curse of Cowboys undefeated. So maybe, maybe Mike Point will get that done next after he reels in a top five class. <laughs> Next order of business. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about mid-first again. Uh, mid-first, bank with a winner, Carson. J.D. Power, highest satisfaction score for the second year in a row. And the, the Oklahoman Reader's Choice Awards, best bank for the sixth year in a row, and best, best mobile app for the second year in a row. Um, a lot of fun stuff going on with mid-first bank. They've been, like I said on Tuesday, they've been awesome to work with. They are, uh, they are fans. They are... Uh, just good people to work with. So I've really enjoyed that. Again, you can go to midfirst.com slash pistols firing to check out the credit card they're offering. And uh, if you do, you're going to be banking with uh, somebody that's won the Oklahoma Reader's Choice Awards for the sixth year in a row recently. So uh, good stuff from them. Uh, you want to hand out some uh, bullet stickers and BB stickers? Let's do it. Okay. Who you got for your bullet? 
should we have a different title for this for basketball? Like we don't do stickers, do we? What's some, like a basketball centric thing? Some shoes, some uh, patches. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. We'll have to we'll have to let the listeners come up with something. Yeah, they always come up with better stuff than us, anyway. Um, like uh, <laughs> doesn't Boynton hand out the boxing gloves? Oh yeah, <laughs> boxing gloves and BBs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call it, but uh, my <laughs> my boxing gloves go to Keelan Boone. I think you kind of stole my thunder earlier in the pod. I Again, I, I get the Boone brothers confused, but I was pretty sure Caleb was the more highly touted one coming out of high school. Uh, but man, I didn't know he could shoot the three like that. He really stood out. And, you know, we're so excited about Mike Boynton's recruiting right now, but I think we'll look back years from now and look back at the Boone twins as kind of when he really got his feet on the ground as the head coach of Oklahoma State in terms of this is my program that I'm going to start building. And I think maybe we overlook the Boone twins being there when it comes to Bryce Thompson. I mean, they're from Tulsa. Yeah. You know, they've been in the same circles. Um, I so they, I don't know. They played. They play on the same team? I think they played AAU together, yeah. That has to play at least somewhat of a role. I mean, I mean. You there? We've lost Carson. Are you there? Hello? Can you lose me? Are you, be- are you, are you fading away? I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we got you. I'm, okay. I'm going to leave this in. Okay. Well, we've had some <laughs> microphone issues lately. So we've please, had a lot of issues. Let's let, the, let's let the listeners bear with me in real time. <laughs> No, I think, uh, but no, I, I couldn't be more impressed with him. I'm going with Keelan Boone. Yeah, I uh, I like that. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with our photographer, Jackson Lavarnway. I said, I said, look, Jackson, beginning of the week, I said, I don't care if you shoot the OSU ORU game. I don't care if you shoot the game on <laughs> on Saturday. Get Bryce. Get Cade. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> I just want pictures of that. We we're using like we're posting so much about these guys, and we don't have any photos. We have like three photos that. Uh, Jackson, and it's got to be awkward, right? Like you're trying to shoot the game, and then all of a sudden you flip the camera around, and you're just like, just pointing it into the stands at this 17 year old, and it's like, he's probably like, "What is this guy doing?" So, <laughs> boxing gloves to uh, or bullet stickers, whatever I'm handing out, I'm giving it to Jackson for his work over the last uh, the last few weeks, and and honestly, like the last few years. Somebody said this recently. He said, "Look, Jackson makes pistols firing." a hundred times more legit because of his work. And, uh, I totally agree with that. He does a great job. Yeah, he does. And I, I'm with Jackson. Like, uh, I covered Bob Stoops, sons in high school football. And, you know, Bob would be in the crowd just trying to watch the game with his wife. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Bob Stoops. I have to get a shot of this, that he's at the game. And yeah. I felt really terrible. Like even trying to shoot him while he's in the stands with the, the video camera and everything. So I, I can understand why Jackson felt like the paparazzi yeah, for, for Bryce, but, but he was uh, taking one for the team. <laughs> for uh, sure. BBs and not boxing gloves. <laughs> is it just me, Kyle, or is the rim at Gallagher Iba like one of those breakaway rims that bends like two feet downward <laughs> when the ball hits it? Is that, and maybe it's just the acoustics. Maybe they have the rim like mic'd up really well, but like, that rim seems like the most forgiving rim I've seen in a long time. I don't know if it's always been that way, but I noticed it last night. Yeah, I don't know. I, di- I didn't notice it. Um, well, now you will. Yeah, I, I won't be able to not notice it now. Uh, have you ever played a game on that floor? 
Um, not an actual full game, but I've shot hoops on the floor. Yes, it's like a it's like a trampoline. Yeah, it's springy. Yeah, like I could like when I was in college, I could. So we played. Uh, I played with the uh, the scout team with the the women's basketball, and then we played an intramural championship game there, and <clears throat> I could like kind of dunk, like I could dunk like a baseball, and if I was like just you know feeling it i could like barely dunk a basketball but you get out there and and it was like whoa like it's it's like jumping off a trampoline i mean it's it's <laughs> it's wild i understand what tory johnson feels like now <laughs> is this how desmond and like markel brown did it maybe like, so. that's why they were able to just be like the best dunkers in college history on that floor it, yeah maybe so or maybe i was just hyped up from being in in gia um, maybe you had a red bull before that game yeah. i don't know uh, my BB or my, my, uh, whatever the opposite of, of, uh, boxing gloves goes to <laughs> ESPN plus. They had, they had, I, I'm, I'm kind of tongue in cheek here, but they had, uh, Scott Sutton as the ORU assistant coach, which is, uh, kind of a dagger because it used to be the ORU head coach for 19 years and they labeled him. I mean, they had a graphic, they had the whole thing. And it said, oh, are you assistant coach Scott Sutton, which was uh, it was a tough few seconds there for ESPN Plus. But they, they forgot a key word in former, and, and he wasn't even an assistant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was Just uh, former coach. Come on. It was rough. But uh, no, it was fun. It, it was fun that basketball is back. Um, I actually thought the ESPN Plus production was way better than the football. And um yeah, I'm just I'm pumped. Yeah, at least at least we had two announcers that call games in Gallagher all the time. You had yeah. Brendan Manzer and Mike Wolf, who who do a lot of the Big Twelve work all season in, in Gallagher. So that was nice. They didn't have the you know the ESPN Plus football crew that we had, and you had Jessica Mori, the OSU Orange Power Studios sideline reporter, who former KOCO intern by the way. She's good. I. Uh, Helped groom her along the way. I certainly can't take any credit for her career, but <laughs> she was a KOCO intern once upon a time. So it's good to see kind of a local crew work in the game. I thought that helped. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. We'll come back with one interesting thing and wrap this show up for the weekend. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, what's your, uh, what's your one interesting thing? Well, I couldn't help but notice, and this has been going on for the last, I don't know, two or three years in college basketball, and it's something that Mike Boynton's even talked about, about the analytics of basketball from the NBA and that the two most valuable shots are the three-pointer and the layup slash dunk. Well, man, if you watch the first five, ten minutes of that ORU-OSU game, it stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, ORU took 32 threes, uh, and OSU took 24, which is you know, nearly half their shot attempts. And it's just, it's interesting to see how much college basketball has changed. Like the, 
the Brian Montanatis and the Brett Robishes of the world where they used to shoot from the elbow in the, in the free throw line, the, the Victor Williams mid-range is no longer it's, – it's, it's almost dead if not dying. So um, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch a college basketball game with guys who aren't as prolific as NBA shooters shooting that many threes. Yeah, it's tough to watch sometimes. Uh, I did, uh, it's changed the way I watch it too. Like Lindy took a couple shots just inside the three-point line. And I was like Gundy at the at Bedlam with Barry Barry J. <laughs> Lindy, what are you doing? Don't well, stop. He, well, he's the one guy I'm cool with that because he's like what the all time leading three point shooter in school history right now. Uh, I think that's I think that's conference play percentage. Okay, which is still uh, that's legit. Well, but... to my to my point, ORU and OSU made 15 of 56 threes. So that's that's what we saw last Say night. Say that again. 15 of what? Do you, can you hear me? Yeah. What was it? 15 of 15 of 56 oh is my what, gosh. but the teams combined to make from three. Yeah. I, and OSU, I think OSU was eight for 24. If I remember correctly, that's correct. Um, 33%. Or are you was seven of 32? That's that's tough. That's a tough, tough deal. Uh, my one interesting thing. I forgot to mention this earlier, so I want to get it in. I don't know if you saw this. I've been on Instagram more than well ever over the last week. Um, <laughs> Cade is uh, is telling people to go like so. Bri- so Bryce posted about Oklahoma State, and Cade's telling like encouraging people to go like you know comment and and uh, like get 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 him fired up about OSU, which I thought was. I mean, I I, I mean somebody pointed this out. Uh, Cade has more Instagram followers than Oklahoma State's football account. Whoa. Which is crazy. Like he has like real, that's like a real power or a real thing. It's not, you know, it's not like Zion, but it's not nothing either. And it's a real audience. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he's kind of using that to start leveraging these guys toward OSU. So we'll see how it goes down on Tuesday. We'll have one more show before then, uh, before Bryce commits. But, uh, that was pretty exciting to see. Will OSU have like a parade when they announce the signing class, will they like parade Cade and, and Bryce and all them through Stillwater? Print the shirts, Thompson Cunningham 2020. Or is Mike Boynton just going to send out a Twitter video with like a huge cigar and like the let's work mug? With Jim Knowles smoking with a Jim cigar Knowles. with Jim Knowles. Just cheering, cheersing him with his, his let's work mug. I think that's, that would be, that'd be good too. Oh, that's great. Uh, okay. Good stuff, Carson. Thanks again to Chris's. Thanks to mid first bank. It's been a fun week. Three pods this week, Carson. Big week on a yeah. uh, on a bye week for us for Oklahoma State football. Yes, enjoy the bye week, and uh, we'll have a big Tuesday night too with uh, Bryce Thompson's commitment. So it's a it's a fun week ahead with uh, OSU football. The Mad Hatters coming to Stillwater, mm. and we'll have to see what Bryce Thompson does. For sure. Talk to you soon, Carson. Sounds good. See ya.